Oh, good morning. Oh, happy day, happy day, happy day. It's a good place to be in the house of the Lord today. Thank you all for joining us. And let's go ahead and open up in prayer. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your holy name. You really are worthy of everything and all of it. We praise you for being here today. We ask that you would help us, guide us, lead us, Lord. Uh, we pray for deliverance. We pray for help. We pray for encouragement. We pray for healing. We pray for all that you have for us today. We love you, Lord, because we know, Lord, you truly are worthy of it all. Blessed be your holy name. Hallelujah. Well, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, I think I had told you guys that I had been to uh, the dollar store with Hubby, and I had taken a cross, and um, I wanted to give it out. I had talked to, uh, uh, let's see, what is their name? Oh, <laughs> Kathy and Brady. What is wrong with me? I talked to Kathy and Brady, Kathy in particular, you know, how she does that. And so anyway, I had given out a cross later on in the week, and that was so exciting for me because I got to tell somebody about Jesus and how wonderful he is. Well, then yesterday happened. So here's what happened. And I wrote it down on my phone because the story is, it can get a little complicated. And I told my husband, I said, It'll be easier for people probably to grasp it if I have it written down, because then I know the words are going to flow, you know. So anyway, so yesterday happened. So we went back to that store, and uh, I wanted to buy some chocolate protein drinks, because that's what we drink occasionally at our house. And so the little shelf card said that the chocolate protein drinks cost less than the vanilla-flavored ones. The vanilla-flavored ones were more. So, um, obviously, I grabbed the chocolate ones. And the cool thing was, if I used my coupon, I'd pay even less. And I had three packs that I wanted to buy, so I really, you know, wanted, needed to use my coupon. So, when they went to uh, charge me up at the register, they charged me $9 more than what I thought I should pay. Well, we've probably all been there. Now, I just went ahead and I paid, but I looked at my receipt, and at first I was just going to go ahead and leave and not say anything, and that's probably what I would have done years and years and years ago. However, I decided, no, let's go ahead and say something. So as kindly as I could, and quietly, actually, I said to the register lady, you may want to check your shelf tag because it says the chocolate drinks are less than the vanilla ones, and my receipt says that I paid the vanilla price, the vanilla drink price, and not the lower chocolate drink price. Well. The lady at the cash register that checked me out, all she said was, okay. The second cash register lady said, well, if that's what the shelf tag said, then that's what you should pay. Do you want me to re-ring it up? And so I said, well, sure. I said, that's so kind of you. So I went over there and uh, 
as she was taking care of it, she said, now what was the vanilla price? And I said, well, I'll go double check. So I went back over to that section where the, those uh, protein drinks were, and I saw the guy there that I had given the cross to. And he was working that day, unbeknownst to me, and so uh, he was checking on it. And he said, yes, indeed, the vanilla drinks, uh, they are uh, much higher than the chocolate ones. So she rang me up. She asked for my coupon. I'd already given it to her the first time, so she had to fiddle around and find another coupon. I didn't say anything, just smiled. And this time my bill was $9 lower than the first time that I had paid you know, for drinks that day. So I paid, and of course I said thank you, and I left. And I didn't raise my voice at all. I didn't get angry. I, I honestly didn't. Now, my question to myself and to people that are listening, what would have happened had I gotten angry? And I didn't even see that man that I had witnessed to a couple weeks ago. If he would have seen me get angry and you know, not acting right, what would that have done to him as far as that seed that I had tried to plant in him two weeks ago? What do you think? Would he have thought, well, that's how Christians act. I don't want anything to do with it. But I was very, very grateful that Jesus helped me to not get angry to not show anything other than the Lord when I was having the transaction. And um, to me, it's wonderful to look back and to see all the seeds that God has helped myself and others to sow. But it's just as important that we also nurture those seeds when the opportunity comes our way like with the gentleman that I had previously given the cross to. Jesus, help us. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help us all. In your holy name, thank you, Lord. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, help us to be in our place, Heavenly Father, when we are um, out there trying to do your will and follow your leadings, Lord. Help us to act like you, no matter where we are, no matter the situation, Lord. Uh, Jesus, we need your help desperately. Oh, Lord, without you, we are wicked people. But you, Jesus, are the lover of our souls, and we don't have to be wicked because of who you are. Thank you, Lord, for that. I praise you for that. May we uh, show you, Jesus, when we are out and about, Heavenly Father, so that we can be salt and light. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And if you are uh, somebody that doesn't have that salt and light in your heart, or if you once had it and you don't have it anymore, you can get it back. Or you can get it if you've never had it. All you got to say is, Jesus, cleanse me in every way and come into my heart. Use me, Heavenly Father, and help me to walk hand in hand with you. 
until the day that I'm called home in your holy and beloved name. We praise you and we thank you. And we ask Jesus that today's service uh, would be exactly how you have ordered it. John Fowler and then my husband and, and Dustin and anybody else that is going to be sharing. We pray, Lord, that it would be uh, under your uh, leadership and order as it always is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was awesome, honey. That was a story for all of us. Thank you so much. So many times we go into places and we think, well, no one knows me, right, Dustin? No one knows me here. I'll just let my guard down a little bit and act like I do at home. <laughs> but they are watching. And in her case, didn't know he was there. The person she had witnessed to through the cross was there. And he could have heard what she said. If she, My wife is as quick as they come. As she just is, and she's genuine, and she's real. What you see up here is a, is the reason why, no, no wonder God does works in her and like he does and heals her and things because uh, she just has such childlike faith, and she's so kind anyway. But what if you were having a bad day and the devil was just stirring up the pot in your life and you find yourselves just starting the day on the wrong foot and as some say, on the wrong side of the bed? You know, they say if you're petting a cat and it's petting it against the fur, turn the cat around and keep petting. You need to head in the right direction. <clears throat> so, you know, you and I have the privilege. Think about this, folks. You and I have the privilege every single day once we get up to be a light everywhere we go. To our family, to our neighbors, down street, our other neighbors businesses, everywhere we go, we have the opportunity to be a light. So may God help us to be on our guard. May help, God help us to walk it consistently so that when you go out in public, <clears throat> it's, to who you, it's who you were at home. You don't want to, you don't go out in the public and pretend to be a Christian so you don't fail him. You go out and act like a Christian because you did it at home. Because you walk with him at home. You know, they say the greatest test is in the home. I like to extend that a little bit and say the greatest test is when you're alone or in a crowd that doesn't know you when you had the opportunity to drop your guard. But folks, if you're trying to walk with him, there's no guard to drop. It's who you are. Someone said, well, you made me mad. No, no, they didn't make you mad. They just touched the button and stirred up something that was already inside of you. Can't blame anybody. I wouldn't have done that if you hadn't said this. Well, if you're walking close to Jesus and doing it consistently, what they did wouldn't affect how you act. So that's just a wonderful example, honey. Thank you so much. We are on part five on paying it forward. What do we have to pay forward? Well, she just gave us a wonderful example of how we in our daily lives are given opportunities all the time to pay forward what? Our experience, our walk, the, the, the things God's put in us. We mentor people, we disciple people <clears throat> because we have something to give them. And as I may have mentioned, <clears throat> seed, faith even has seeds. Everything God touches, he leaves his DNA. Do people see Jesus on you? 
Do you act in such a way that people see him on you? <clears throat> you think, uh, well, no one's watching. John Fowler told me just this morning coming up that there were a couple people that I knew, I knew one of them especially, that he ran into, and they said something about, does John Sandy work with you? And he said, yes, and they paid me a compliment. Well, I was totally taken back. I didn't know they thought about me or anything or, or had an opinion about me or anything. So people are watching when you don't think they're watching, especially if you get around people, unfortunately, they have critical spirits. <clears throat> they, will, um, they will look for things. And it's a tough walk. I know it's a tough walk. And we do fail. My hand is up. And I immediately repent. And if it's someone I have to correct it with, I do that. <clears throat> Don't ever go up to someone that you're offended with that has no idea you're offended. Don't ever go up to someone and say, I just want you to know that uh, last week I was really offended at you. I mean, you really offended me. And I just want you to know that I've, Jesus has helped me and I'm doing better. Have a great day. Yeah. <clears throat> I heard a minister, a wonderful godly man say, don't do that. Don't go tell people you're offended with them when they had no idea you were offended. They don't need to carry that around. Because if they're sensitive, they're going to look inward and see, oh, did I, I'm Jesus. And they start repenting, and they didn't even know they did anything. And maybe they didn't. Maybe you're just easily offended. Do you know anybody like that? Man, thank you. Up there, someone does. Someone up there knows someone that's easy. <laughs> Give me a name. I want names. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it doesn't. It sure does. <clears throat> we are to be long-suffering. Yeah. You know, folks, here's the hardest thing for us to get. It, and I've said this before. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. Now, you getting me? Listen, please listen to this. It doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong. You don't have any right to be offended. You have no liberties to be offended. Because offense is this. That's offense. Self-pity, self-centeredness. I love what Joyce Meyer said the other day. She said, we, have, we put all of our attention on ourselves. We're always thinking about us. Why not start thinking about someone else? Why not start doing things to other people? People, when you concentrate on other people and their needs, somehow God just helps you with yours. I mean, he encourages you. You found out that the biggest part of your battle is the fact that you chewed on it all the time. My wife and I joke about this. <clears throat> She'll chew on something. She'll tell me that. She'll chew on it and chew on it and finally I'll say, how you doing? Fine! <clears throat> not, real, not really. It's quite, not quite that loud. Um, <clears throat> I said, well, she's been chewing on something because she's worked herself up. Have you ever done that? I have. You work yourself up. You think about it enough. See, here's the thing. If you take every thought captive, you're not going to chew on things. You're not going to dwell on things. You're going to move on. And the other person that's offended can stay in that offense if they want to. They don't have to. But you move on. Folks, we don't need to be chewing on the wrong things. Meditate, not chew. <clears throat> Chewing is a carnal expression when you chew on something. But to meditate is a godly expression. God wants us to meditate on what? Him. When? Day and night. And one way we meditate, and there's different ways, is to review. 
The Bible talks about how important it is that we review. Morning, noon, night, and even with your children, you go to bed. How important is review? Some, unfortunately, we review the wrong things called chewing. It's not really reviewing. We're just chewing. <clears throat> Have you heard someone just had someone just talk to you? Well, I just had to vent. I just had to vent. No, you just had to be carnal. You know what all venting did? Venting allowed you to review something that God wants you to move away from. That's what venting is. <clears throat> and venting is a way of getting other people to agree with you on your carnality. Can I get an amen? Does anybody have a situation where people come to you to share things, but what they're looking for is your agreement? Where two or more are gathered together in my name, I am in the midst. Well, the devil <clears throat> can do the same thing in a negative sense. If you can get two or three more together chewing on something, then God is not in the midst. Did you get that? If he can get you to chew on something, God can't be in the midst of Do you realize that God turned his back on his son? We know that figuratively because he took on all the sins of the world. Is that not right? So every time, you may not have thought of it this way, but every time you and I are disobedient or sin, God can't be a part of that. He loves you. He's there to forgive you, and you can move on from that. He's given you an avenue away. But every time you and I step into the flesh and carnality, God has to step back. He can't be a part of that. Now, you may say, I'm a Christian, and chew someone out. You may have a tie on it that says Jesus on it, and chew out a waitress. You can do that. Jesus isn't part of that. You hurt the name of Jesus. You don't hurt him. Because he's infallible. God and Jesus are one with the Holy Spirit. They're not offended. He's never mad at you. But he is saddened over different things. We can make a whole list. What things make God sad? Sin, carnality when it takes over, hurting people, your tongue, false witness taking the scripture out of context, these are the things that give, make God sad. Lack of praise and worship. If he's going to have it, the, the praise of his people, does that make you think that maybe he enjoys your praise? Yeah, he enjoys your praise. So what are we paying forward every day? You can pay for it bad or good. Paul talks about the importance of pulling down strongholds in the 10th chapter of 2 Corinthians, verse 4. <clears throat> in verse 5, it tells us that part of our pulling down of strongholds is in the casting down of imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself. Now, things has a personality. Imagination and every high thing now, thing doesn't have to mean that it's an inanimate object. It doesn't have to be an inanimate object. Things can be people, places, and things. It can be all kinds of things. That exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. You got God's knowledge. You have the mind of Christ in here that you have access to. doesn't mean you operate in, but you have access to. But God's knowledge is challenged by high things that exalt themselves against it. <clears throat> See, we've got to realize that we operate in the spiritual realm. 
and so does the devil. I believe that there are different levels and legions of demons just like there are angels. Because they used to be angels. Now they're fallen. They are mere shadows of who they used to be. And they have no authority, no power whatsoever. They can't, they can't blow fuzz off a peach. They have nothing. And they cannot operate without a body. <clears throat> That's why they wanted to go into the pigs. Something. They got to get into some kind of body. Can we go into the pigs? Jesus says, I think that's pretty safe. Go ahead. And then they committed suicide, as I mentioned, and over the cliff they went. <clears throat> and uh, the demons were, <clears throat> again, without a body. And then Jesus got rid of Ham at the same time. <laughs> a little Jewish joke there. <clears throat> so, imaginations. What are imaginations? They can be strongholds. Paul talks about we need to bring them down. Did you notice that? He used the term pull down. Pull down, and over here it says, <clears throat> these imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself above, uh, above the kingdom of God. There's a war going on. <clears throat> but the war is not between God and Satan. Satan has nothing on God. <clears throat> it took nothing for God to get rid of them in heaven. And they fell like lightning. And now they're nothing. <clears throat> so where's the warfare? Between the bodies on this earth, you and me. The devil wants access to you. God wants access to you. And whoever we give permission. Now, you don't have to go around saying, I invite the devil in my life today. <clears throat> but if you obey him, the father of lies, then you are a child of darkness. We are born in sin. Did you know that good people do not go to heaven and bad people do not go to hell? <coughs> Excuse me. What do I mean by that? Good people do not go to heaven. Bad. Folks, we are born in sin and we are bound for hell. Jesus came so that we could get out of that, so we would have forgiveness of sins. So your goodness does not get you to heaven your poor acting does not get you to hell. It's who you choose to serve. And face it, <clears throat> anything but God that we serve is on the devil's team. Just like that story of the man looking at two sides, the God's side and the devil's side, and there was a fence. So he thought, I don't know what to do. I don't know what side I want to. I'll just straddle the fence. <clears throat> well, the devil walked over to him and said, excuse me, I own the fence. See, the Bible says I'd rather be hot or cold than lukewarm. Why? Because if you are hot or cold, you are at least honest about who you are, and there's hope. But if you're lukewarm, you're deceived. You think you're just fine. You think you're cool. <clears throat> you think you can interpret some of the Bible this way and that way. I can pick up on the Bible here. I can do this, but not this. Hey, I'm cool. I'm cool. That's lukewarm. And the sad thing about lukewarm is you're deceived. You don't even know it a lot of times that you are deceived. If you disobey it long enough, then you will eventually be deceived. And once you're deceived, then you will stop feeling sin in your life and the draw of the Holy Spirit. And that's very serious. <clears throat> so, but there's hope for all of us. If you're listening out there, you're straddling the fence, you have every opportunity to get off at any time you want. And I present to you the Word of God to encourage you 
to do that today. So Paul says, pull down all these strongholds. There's a war going on. Pull down all these high things that exalts themselves. Exalts? If you're anybody brag, even about being a good Christian? See, humility is something you do. Brokenness is something God does. We are to humble ourselves before a living God. And you know what? To do that, when the world is screaming around us, that we're all kinds of things that call us names. A lot of people, if you've seen it, I have seen it, where people have gotten up and spoken truth, and all of a sudden they get a lot of ridicule, and they come back to the, the, the mic, the press, and they go, I want to apologize for what I said. That just irks me when people do that. And I've seen it happen where they were, the, you know why? Because what people think of them means more than what God thinks of them. God has a purpose for your life, and so does the devil. God has a plan for your life, but so does the devil. You can reap good, or you can reap bad. You can plant good seeds, or you can plant bad seeds. You can store up your treasures in hell, or you can store up your treasures in heaven. Now, let me give you a little insight on something that I'm going to cover another time, but I still want to mention it. When the Bible says that to uh, store up your treasures in heaven, where rust does not corrode and moth does not eat. I do not believe he's talking about get them in heaven so they won't rust up there. I think what he's trying to tell us is do not put your mind and your eye on things in this world that corrode and rust and moth can eat. What things do moth see? Clothing. Does he not say, let me take care of that for you? I clothe the flowers, why would I not take care of you? Does he say rust? What kind of things rust? Cars, automobiles, uh, toys, all kinds of things. What I believe he's saying is, these are the things you don't concentrate on earth where that rust destroys. Store up things that don't rust. Store up things that don't rust even here. What are they? Souls. Things rust, souls don't. Store up your treasures. Where is your heart? Wherever your heart is, that's where you live. That's what you put first. So we are to concentrate on other people. Concentrate on the needs of others. Concentrate on the concerns of others. And God will take care of you. God will take care of every need you have. When he tells us this, here's what I think about. Don't concentrate on this world of what you can obtain. Concentrate on others. Do God's will first above everything. He said, I have, he said, I have the best of those that leave the choice to me. You know what that means? That means if you'll let me have your dreams, I've got bigger ones than you do. Example, <clears throat> I retired from school teaching because I believe God called me to do what I'm doing. So I totally volunteer my time, and I put everything in God's hands. I said, God, it's yours, our finances, everything. I just, I just need to obey God. I need to concentrate on obeying God. <clears throat> I told John coming up in the car, if we will obey God, God will take care of the rest. He'll get you. I don't care who fails around you. I don't care who fails or doesn't care what you have to say or do. I don't care. If you will obey God, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him, I promise you, he will get you where you're supposed to be no matter who goes with you. 
He will get you there. And also said this morning, I said, love, <coughs> love is an outward manifestation of an inner work. Love is an outward man. I'm telling you, folks, if you don't have the love of Christ in what you're doing, you need to go back home and sit until God takes that out of you. Because I don't care. The Bible says, and this is another message I don't want to touch in too much right now. It says, if I were to speak the tongue, if I were to speak with tongues of angels and have not love, I am nothing. Well, the Bible says, if you have, and it also says, if I have faith to move mountains, but I don't love, I have I'm nothing. So I'm thinking, well, the word says, <clears throat> without faith it's impossible to please him. So how can I have faith to move mountains and still not please him? The, the word in there says, if. It's not saying with. <clears throat> Get this. It's not saying with the faith to move mountains, <clears throat> with the ability to speak with tongues, I'm nothing. It says, if, I were, if it was possible, <clears throat> if it was possible for me to move mountains with so much faith, but don't have love, I'm nothing. That's what it's saying. If, not with. It's not saying I can have the faith to move mountains, but don't please God, I'm nothing. No, it said if I could do that, but don't have love, I'm nothing. That's a totally different concept. <clears throat> so we are called to love people. Folks, if there's nothing we don't, we don't get today, please help me. Try to get this if you can. If you don't have the love of Christ in your hand, if you don't have the love of Christ in you, when you go to do something, many times it's best you just shut up. Zip your lip. Because if you try to do something for, a, you, may be, you may do it to manipulate people. Do God's will to manipulate because they may be able to do something for you. You may do it because uh, you are, you're upset with them and you want to make a point. See, we can disguise God's will in a lot of carnal ways. But if you have the love of Christ in you, then your main concern is everybody you meet that day, not yours. You know what God will do? He'll turn right around and take care of you. I'll give you an example. I, I mentioned that I left teaching to do this, volunteer my time, put it all in God's hands. I told my wife just that. I said, my, my life is full. God's given me a wonderful business side that I've been working on. We've been planting new seeds for other things to open up. I've, I have a trilogy of books. I have a devotional book. I, another, another concept gave, God gave me just the other day. I home care two days a week. I teach twice a week, and I study during the week. And I'm constantly feeding myself with messages and sermons. My wife will tell you that. When I'm not running, sometimes two or three messages just on one run. I'm feeding myself, I'm feeding myself, I'm feeding myself. Do you know why? <clears throat> because I want to act like Jesus. I want to love people like Jesus loved them. I saw, I was watching again the part of The Chosen yesterday, which I highly recommend. In the love Jesus had for people that he prayed for, and the joy he got out of healing people, told me why he went to the cross. He, we all know, for God so loved the world, love of love. And I say that, and I play, I'm playing when I say that. What I'm saying is, we know the words, but are we looking at the words? Are we really listening? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do you know why I think he said only begotten? Because if he had 12 kids and he only sent one, his eyes got 11 left over. 
<coughs> no, 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 no. He sent his only son. You know what that means? Do you know what that's telling us? When he says, I sent my only son, he's telling us that I sent myself in the form of a man. That's what he's telling us. His only begotten son. That whosoever believes on me shall have eternal life, not perish. God did not create us for hell. When he came to this earth and he said it's finished, he paid for it. Do you realize there's over, I think there's over 1,300 promises in the Bible. Do you realize every one of those promises are a seed that he planted in you? Oh, this, we could get this, folks. He planted a seed in you with all of the promises of God when you got saved. Do you realize that every single thing you're looking for in life, you're carrying around inside of you? We don't call for God to come down. (coughs) He's right here. We don't call for God, oh God, please, 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 would you do this for me? I beg. I'm crying. Do I have your attention now? See, we think that we are in the process of getting closer to God, (coughs) walking closer so we can impress Him so that he'll see that we are now worthy of his promises. You will never earn one of them. Never. And when he saved you, he put all of them in there, and he said, now <clears throat> you have these access. So why do we not see these manifest? We're the only blame. You can't blame God. You can't blame Scripture. <clears throat> you can't blame anybody else. This is the problem right here. That's why we, that's why we bow our heads to pray, because we want to talk to him. He's right there. Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But see, he came, and he came to live inside of us. You see, when I mentioned this before. When God created the universe, he had no opposition at all. Can you imagine? Sometimes I'll do a visual in my head of all the Millions of galaxies, not stars, folks, galaxies out there. And he spoke them all. There is a sun out there that they found <clears throat> that will hold a hundred of our suns. That's how big it is. That came out of God's mouth. Oh, are you getting it a little bit? And when his son died, <clears throat> all hell raised against him, right? All hell. Jesus said, God said, that is what I put in you. That one right there. The spirit that raised him from the dead, that's what I put in you. And we are walking around dusting with that inside of us. Waiting to get out. All 1,300 promises waiting to get out. It's there. There's not a thing you're asking for that he hasn't already said yes and amen to. Better in him. He always says, in my name, if you seek me first, because then he will take your, your, your willingness to serve others and start pouring to you wonderful things that are now released <clears throat> because you start to look like him, and now you have faith to believe. See, we operate in the spiritual realm. If we knew how much of our actual life is spiritual, he said, you wouldn't worry about where your food's coming from. You wouldn't worry about how you're clothed. He said, is life not more important than these things? And yet, I love that. 
<clears throat> he said, and yet, don't I clothe the flowers? Don't I feed the birds? Don't I even know the very hairs on your head are counted? He knows you. You know why? Because he formed you before you were in your mother's womb. He knew you before even then. <clears throat> Folks, you've been around a long time. You think you're getting old? Oh, you're a lot older than you think. You are called of God to do one thing, his will and not your own. That's it. And once you do all these promises that are in here, he seated them in you, can now start to come out because you chose him. When you choose him and concentrate on him, guess what he starts to do? He starts to renew your mind. And what, he, what comes out later is the mind of Christ, not your thinking. <clears throat> I said this before. Whatever your opinion is, whatever you believe, whatever you think didn't, didn't cause one thing in the universe to shift. All that matters is in God's Word. That's all that matters, folks. If you can't trace what you're doing back to the Bible, I'm talking about in form and fashion and knowledge and revelation. If you can't trace it back to the Bible, I suggest you run as fast as you can. You know why? Because he said flee from the appearance of evil. He didn't say run from evil. <clears throat> he didn't say go into the bar and have your first drink and then decide I need to get out of here. He said run from the appearance. That means when you're in your car and you go by, keep driving. That's fleeing from the appearance. If you'll do all these things, all that he has paid forward will start to come out of us. Because again, these are spiritual things I'm talking about. You can't see them, taste them, touch them, feel them, or anything, unless he allows you at times. But what's in here is spiritual. You operate in spiritual realms. You know why that's important? Because that's where the devil works, in spiritual realms. He can't read your mind, but he can put things in there. As we've all heard, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from building a nest in your hair. It's an old expression, but it's true. So, casting down all the strongholds and imagination. Folks, this is a choice. This is not going to happen on its own. You are going to have to work for it. It's a straight and narrow path that few will find. But if you'll find it, He'll get you to your destination. He'll fulfill the dreams in your heart. He'll get you to what you're called to do, and you'll be the happiest you'll ever be. One of the best jobs, probably the best job I ever had many years ago was a radio announcer for 13 years at <clears throat> Praise 101 in WSCW. That's where I used to work. I loved it 13 years of it. <clears throat> that's, that's what I love. I love speaking. That's why I was a teacher. So what has God done? My spiritual mentor passes away, and I'm walking through the mall one day after a devastating report, I thought was a devastating report on my vision, and I start praising God and crying, just start praising Him. That's all I know to do. And I'm walking through the mall, and my mentor has already passed away. I said, Jesus, I need to talk to John Fowler. This is years ago. I need to talk to John Fowler. And back then, the malls were crowded. And I'm walking through the mall, praying that prayer, and all of a sudden, I hear, John! I look up, it's John Fowler. <laughs> Folks, God will God will take care of you. He'll take care of you. 
Just do his will, not your own. You don't think God is capable of manipulating our lives to get us together that day? It's because John was willing and I was needy. And I knew then, right then, I knew years ago that he was to replace my mentor. Now, John's younger than me. He likes to talk about that. <laughs> but he's my mentor. Well, one day from the pulpit, he looked at me and said, you are to be my accountability partner. And that was years later after that. So I'm retiring, and I'm going into, uh, I'm going into my new stage, stage in life, and John and I hook up like this. We came up. If y'all remember, two or three years ago, y'all had a New Year's Eve uh, fast and prayer on New Year's Eve. Do y'all remember that? <coughs> that was when we came. And as we were driving up, Cynthia was in the back seat with Christine, and I was in the front seat with John, and both of, us at the, both of us in that ride, we told each other later, we didn't know, but I, the Lord told me, this is right. And the Lord told her the same thing, and I did not know that. So we tried to be faithful. We try to be faithful to make sure that we support John in this ministry here. And we have, my wife have no agenda. We have no agenda. We are trying to obey God moment by moment, day by day. Dustin, I don't understand everything. Kathy, Karen, I don't, I don't understand everything. But that's all right. Did you know that's all right? It's all right. It's all right that we go through the day thinking, well, God, I don't know what you're going to do today, and I don't know why I'm here, and I don't know why I did that. But I, I, I dropped that, and I got all of my pants. I don't know why, but I still I want to find your will today, whatever it is. And so in that process, God has been opening up dreams in my heart. So what am I doing now? We're now doing radio again. Right down my alley. Christy Fowler, if you've never heard her on radio, she is professional. This girl is as good as it gets. I mean, she's amazing. So her and John and I are now doing music on the new radio station for The Pulse. And I get the DJ again, the thing I love the most. Isn't he good? Amen. Isn't God awesome? Amen. Do you know he knows about your dreams? He knows about your desires? Dustin came to work with us, and the first thing he said was, and I don't want paid. He said, I've had, other, I've had other opportunities, and it wasn't right. This is. You can't be in a better place to receive than the center of God's will. You think, well, it's all full of deny this, deny this. Oh, he said, but if you'll do that, I got better. You give up this piece of dirt, I got, I got a, a field for you full of crops. He's, he's, he will take care of you, folks. It's all been done. I said last week, what God started when he created the universe is Jesus finished with the word, I'm finished. That's when it was sealed. Every, listen to me. Everything God did in creating the universe was tied in to the completion of it on the cross. No time. I don't have any time at all? No? Okay. My wife was to tell me when I run out of time. And she gets a smile on her face. You're done. <laughs> She's so precious. I'm not, but she is. 
<clears throat> well, we didn't get as far as I hoped to get today either. So I guess we'll use the same notes from next week, guys. <laughs> but anyway, just ask God to give me the words I'm supposed to have today. That's all I want, folks. I have notes. I study. I research. And I trust God. And I pray over things. And I feed. And I feed. And I feed. But when I get to the, Justin, you do the same, I'm sure. When I get up here, it's, God, what do you want? I'm, I'm prepared. And we need to go prepared, don't we, Dustin? We need to be ready to make a count of our testimony everywhere we go. But God just may step in and say, mm, go over there. You know that 50 I put in your pocket this morning? Yeah, but I don't know why. Okay, I'm going to show you. It's right over there. That's what God does. In the midst of obeying him, you're on a great adventure. Thrills, romance, and adventure. In the midst of that great adventure, God is working all your dreams out. I had a desire to design my own house as an artist and art teacher. It's something I desired to do. I gave it to God. Years later, I got to do it. You could, there are things you can ask for. Folks, don't ask for anything that steps outside the will of God in your life. Don't ask for anything of God in your dreams that steps outside the word of God. Those are, those are, those are things that can take us to the wrong road and get us totally away from God if we're not careful. Concentrate on those things. Number one, concentrate on him, serving others, and carrying the love of Christ in your heart everywhere you go. If you can carry the love of Christ, you may not have much to say at all, but the God, they see God on your face. If you've had this happen, I'm sure I've had this happen where people say, I just like being around you. It's not me, folks. It's not you. It's they, they, they don't know it's Jesus, but they're seeing Jesus, and they like what they see. They're safe around you. They know you, they, go, they know you don't talk about them behind your back. That's what a friend is. That's why you have very few. Jesus, I want to thank you for the privilege of being together today because we, oh, God, we're just walking this step-by-step, step, this great adventure on our way to heaven. We're walking this adventure together, serving others, loving others, putting others first, and then giving you all our dreams and watching you fulfill them, and Lord, watch you bring in things that we never thought were going to happen. You give us more than we dreamed for. You give us more, and the joy of it, and the peace that comes with it, all these wonderful things, these seeds you put right in our heart when we got saved. And now, Lord, help us to walk with you so they can be freely be accessed through our faith that bridge that connects the spiritual with the physical. We praise you, Father. We worship you. I speak blessings over everyone here. I speak healing in the name of Jesus. I speak it right now. Receive it. It's yours. It, whatever you need healing for today, it is yours. Take it and never let it go. Never let it go. Stick to the Word of God to build your faith up that you can move mountains, not just your life, but for others. Every time you move a mountain, it leaves a path for someone behind you. God, we, we need to invest in, in the people around us because they're the ones that don't rust in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thank you so much.